Rorik Honda's rates are as low as 0.9% on certain vehicles, and if you're the leasing kind, $0 due at least on Fit, Civic, HRV, CRV, Pilot, and Odyssey. And the best part is that you can visit Rorik.com to check out inventory on new, used, and leasing options before you head to the Bloomfield location to take your test drive. Rorik specialists are ready to help any day or night, so always visit Rorik.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now we start the very first Ujagov podcast that's all video at this point mm-hmm. and audio. Yeah. Uh, from, uh, you know, Pearl Avenue. Pearl. According to the Oxford Dictionary, the word Jagoff is defined as a noun, which means a stupid, irritating, or. Here's how Pittsburghers define a word Jagoff when someone cuts you off on a parkway. Jagoff! Or someone scares the. Out of you. Yeah, jag off. Or it's a term of endearment. How you been, jag off? This is Mark Madden. Hi, this is Larry Richard. This is Gamal Bill. Hey, this is Kurt Angle. Hi, this is Rocky Blair. Hey, it's Rick Sevak. Hi, this is Greg Brown. Hi, I'm Tyler Kennedy. This is Antonio Holmes. And this is the Jag Off Podcast. So this is the Jag Off Podcast. And as we said in the opening, this is our first one that we think is going to be all video. So if you're listening to the podcast, you uh, would... If you want to go watch it, it'll be on YouTube. If you're watching it and you want to go just listen to it, it'll be on radio.com and you jag off. Not much to see here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, and you'll probably, you know, wonder like, well, who the hell edited this thing? Because. And it wasn't Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just saying. I'm not good. I'm not good at this stuff. Kudos so, to John. I'm sure it'll be great. But thanks to our guests for all doing the guinea pig work, you know, as far as being our first one. But. This is where we always tell you that if you're listening to the Jagoff podcast, make sure you subscribe to it either here on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, and especially on Radio.com. Because we would end... Uh, Radio.com. You would Radio.com. Give us a comment. Radio.com. Radio.com. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is also where we tell you what was on the blog this week. And we can talk about the fact that while I was on vacation, I've spotted a vehicle that had duct tape on it. So it's not just in Pittsburgh, you know, but the best part would have been if there were Pittsburgh license plates. There yeah. Weren't. The cool part. I is couldn't even make that up. You knew it was duct tape, not duct tape. Yeah, I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh well, and like I said, there's so many uses for duct tape. Duct tape. So, and then you talked about the typical cookout leftovers because that is your thing, other than driving like a maniac. Right. Well, the thing is, is that you know we're not used to. Typically, you bring in the leftovers to work. There's yeah, no right. work to take the leftovers to at this point. I mean, so you, you could have brought them here. Them. You're right. Yeah. But okay. You didn't. And then somehow, I don't know, John is calling my dog Tanner the podcast dog. So You'll hear him on this podcast. Because it's just, that's what he does. And so, you know, Tanner the podcast dog is a pain in the bleep because I have to make sure I go to bed at a certain time in order to claim my space. So I wrote a blog mm. post about it. And of course, we're in oil and chip the roads season, which makes no sense to me whatsoever Mm-mm. because they just throw stones around. They throw oil on it. Right. And in about a week, all the stones are either parted to the middle or parted to the side and the potholes are still there. So True story. don't get Pothole it. Pothole season. Anyways, this podcast though is good. Yeah. We're super excited because as we say, whenever we're trapped at Pearl Studios, which is, you know, my living room. Um, we have the opportunity to talk to people who don't live here, who we wouldn't typically have the chance to speak with, you know, if we weren't in these circumstances. So we get to talk to Kirsty Mana, who I was the, you know, I was honored to be on her podcast. So now we returned 
I don't want to say favor because it's not a favor. We we return the invite. Yes. Right. Right. Kirsty, her claim to fame as number one hit songwriter in the country music realm. Yeah. And but on the top of that, she's been able to navigate the waters of being in business in yeah. the business. Of music. Yeah. I'm super excited yeah. to talk to her because you've talked to her before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And who else do we talk Brad to? Brad Lambert. So yeah. Brad came to us by way of, uh, you know, a friend of ours in that Brad is out there in L.A., moved there from Pittsburgh, you know, and he's out there doing. Listen, he part. If you go to his Instagram page, you'll be astounded because hangs out with Robert Downey Jr. Hangs he almost out almost looks like a Avengers. Song, so I'm yeah. to see what he looks like. Right. And so he's going to talk about this campaign he has on as far about as kindness. lead with kindness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. And then, listen, I can't wait to talk to this band either because it's Hell's Oasis. And it's not what you think. Like, mm-hmm. I looked them up too. John was like, hey, this band, you know, no one wanted music was. I'll give you the credit. So as you know, great, we have hybrid, hybrid podcast. So we're not allowed to go outside yet. Well, we can kind of go outside, but we can't then you can have a podcast. Yeah. And then they flick the switch and go, no, you have to go back to Pearl Avenue. Yeah. So um, that's what this podcast is. As we're getting ready to go do our breakout podcast at Eaton Park Mm -hmm. with well-known rapper Frizzy, and the cardigan sweater, which was part of the Build Your Own Podcast contest. Right. We're still here at Pearl Avenue, and we get to interview people like our next guest, Brad Lambert. Hi, Brad Lambert. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, the best part about it, as we've said, is that people like you who are ex-Pittsburghers, who are doing other things in other places, you know, you don't really have a choice because you're sort of quarantined as well. And so you can't say, no, I can't be on. (laughs) Hey, but, you know, you can take me out of Pittsburgh, but you can't take Pittsburgh out of me. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I love that. So we, we have to start there. If you've ever listened to the Ajago podcast, you would understand that everything is about being all things Pittsburgh. And it's people who have lived here and all of the crazy things that happen in Pittsburgh and what makes us Pittsburgh, right? So yep. I love the fact that, first of all, you're wearing your Penguin jersey. Definitely good. We were on a We were on a call yesterday, and somebody from Texas was trying to talk Steelers. Not that we're not Steeler fans, but we were like, talk Penguins, and then we have mm. a better relationship. So <laughs> right. Well, technically, um, it's, still, to, it's still it was, hockey season right it so is we're still, still right. like yeah we're in the playoffs yeah we're in the playoffs man yes. Go and if you're listening to the audio portion of this podcast only we are zooming this and brad is in an awesome penguin shirt with this sort of avenger guy behind him and, and there's reason for and it. his espn headset on like he's <laughs> he ready to roll so so first of all brad tell us a little bit about you, we want to get into your, your mission of the lead with kindness, but yep. tell us a little bit about you getting to California from Pittsburgh. Sure. So I was born and raised in Pittsburgh. I'm from Gibsonia. Uh, I went to Pine Richland, uh, lived in Treesdale. So that was my, my stomping grounds. I love that city. Um, and uh, I started out my career in the sports industry, working with professional athletes and sports teams and just chasing my black and gold passions um in that regard so i worked a lot with you know players on the steelers uh worked with the pittsburgh power worked with uh memorabilia companies and sports agencies and just wanted to be around the guys i mean i wanted to bring whatever value i could to them in their lives so i could be around them and have them a part of my life 
Um, so I did a lot of marketing, business, social media, PR, content. Did a lot of stuff for those guys, ranging from like Heinz Ward to Lynn Swan to Willie Parker, Lawrence Timmons. Uh, been around those guys. Been around the team itself since around 2005. So it, it's been it's been awesome to just you know really make it a bigger part of my life and not just on Sundays, you know, on game day. So um, I had a, a good time in the in the sports industry, but the other side of that coin for me is entertainment. So big love of film and TV and music and everything that encompasses that. So I had the opportunity to go out and work with Robert Downey Jr. and his incredible team. So you he didn't just have says that. it like – yeah, I went out and worked with Rachel Renner. R.D. Right. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to ask me twice. So let's put it that way. Not so sure. when, when the opportunity yes. came, I literally dropped everything and, and moved out west. And I had not been to, to California or Los Angeles or anything like that. I didn't really know anyone out there and literally, you know, dropped everything and was just grateful for the opportunity and the people that helped me get there and, um, you know, but how it, did you get there? So what was it? I mean, I get it. Like you were super into, you know, the sports and entertainment industry, sure. but what was that defining moment that really had you leap from Pittsburgh to there? Was it just job you know, opportunity? It, it's like anything. No one gets anywhere by themselves. Sure. Period. It's just a fact. Anybody who says they're self-made, they are lying to you. <laughs> so I had, I got connected to someone funny enough through our love and passion of the Steelers and the Penguins and Pittsburgh. And it was the Pittsburgh bond that we all share with one another where it's like an immediate, your family bring you in. And we became very, very close. And once the friendship blossomed and, and we grew a very strong relationship, he happened to be in that industry where he opened a door for me and the rest is history. And it, it's just, uh, honestly, it was like storybook, like something in a movie, you know, just one of the craziest experiences of my life. But once again, it goes back to how I live my life, which is lead with kindness and surround yourself with people who you admire and who inspire you and just surround yourself with your passions. And obviously, I'm passionate about, you know, Marvel and sports and my Steelers and Penguins and and I just try to do whatever I can to add value around those things so I can make them a bigger part of my life. And I like the fact that if, if someone doesn't know you, they should literally just go to your Instagram page, scan through it, and they will know you in about they will know a lot about you, not know you, but know a lot about you in about ten minutes. All the Avengers, which by the way, I have to admit, I thought the one, the Avengers glove, I thought it was the ultimate hockey glove that you had. Because <laughs> that was the same thing, right? Because you drop that thing, you know there's a major, there's a Jake Caulfield yeah. kind of fist coming. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, but That's but you go to your Instagram page and you see the things that you're involved in out there in Los Angeles. So what are the current things? And again, I know we want to get to the lead with kindness, but what are some of the things you're current, the projects you're currently working on in LA? I mean, I, I produce, I manage talent, and I speak. Um, I consult with major brands and studios. Uh, I do a little bit of everything out here, but that's honestly what's great about this industry is there are so many opportunities that if you come out here with the right mindset and you're not here to play games and you're all about the work, and, and if you can do a good job, be consistent, and do it the right way, 
you have a really good chance of, of gaining a lot of traction and uh, doors will open for you. So for me, um, I'm just out here once again, going after my passions, whether it be film, TV, sports, gaming, you know, it's a different project each and every day, which is great. So last year I had the opportunity to uh, collaborate with Walt Disney Studios, Marvel Studios on the marketing campaign for Avengers Endgame, which was a dream uh, to, to be a part of that just historic film. And then uh, shortly after I worked with uh, Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios on the release of uh, – Spider-Man Far From Home. So to be a part of that campaign as well, where we did a lot of, you know, billboards, social media content, you know, driving around town and seeing, you know, the the content that we worked on together is is just incredible. So um, that's that's what makes it worthwhile. You know, we, we have one life to live. Why not do it? You know, the things you love. Right. The right way. So that's right. So uh, talk a little bit about how does the leading with kindness or lead with kindness? How does that um does it start here? You know, we are the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, you know, city. So, um, is it one of those things where, like you said, you know, and we're so fortunate as we know all Pittsburghers are embracing of Pittsburgh and there's that common bond and that love and that we always hear it. Right. So is that where it started or did you have a unique experience where you were like, this is something that I sort of want to mentor? No, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh has a lot to do with it. It's a blue collar town. It's a very together town. Uh, I mean, go, go to a Steeler game and and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it's just such a unique town. I, it's, well, I will never, you know, lose that part of me, but you know, the way I was raised and and the the values and the morals and and whatnot that was instilled in me from a kid was, you know, leading with kindness and adding value to others and just helping uh, other people as, as best as you can. Um, so, you know, if you can do something nice for somebody else, you just do it. It doesn't have to be a transaction all the time. It's just, you know, do that thing because you may end up changing someone's life. Um, and one. now more than ever, you know, that's kind of how I've led my life. And I'm only 31, so I'm still young in the grand scheme of things. But for me, it's I'm where I'm at today because of that mindset of of leading with kindness and value and and having other people in mind first instead of myself. Um, and Mr. Rogers is, is someone I grew up with as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he, he's an icon and certainly had an impact on my life for sure. When you went to L.A., I don't know that, the, I don't know that Pittsburghers get the feeling that that's the mission of L.A., of yeah. leading with kindness, right? right. Yeah. So I'm sure when you get out there, you're like the guy in the bright orange suit or something. You're like, wow, that, that weirdo or whatever. Yeah. 100%. And so you have to sort of force this, not force it, but you have to still lead lead on your own. You might yep. be the outcast, but you still have to push forward. How hard was that? It was a, it was a shock. Uh, it was a different business. It was a different city. It was a different vibe. Um L.A. is amazing. The entertainment industry is amazing, but it's also the wild, wild west in in a lot of ways. So a lot of individuals out here who are only concerned about themselves and their future, and by all means, that's how they choose to live their lives, and that's fine. But that's not really how I care myself. So coming out here where I have the win-together mentality and helping others, I was looked at like I was from Jupiter, like just a total outcast. And I had people tell me to my face, like, we don't do that here, you know, and, and they did not like how I approached my day to day where Which I was wanted like what? to, how was your approach? Well, my approach was, I wanted to know everyone I worked with. I wanted right. to have genuine relationships with everyone I worked with because at the end of the day, 
if people like you, they will work with you and want to work with you, right? So if they don't like you, if you're in a bind and you need something or you have a project to, that you have to work on together, it's going to be a nightmare because they don't like you, right? Mm -hmm. So I put a lot of time and effort in, into building genuine relationships with people, which is what I talk about when I speak around the world and go to schools and speak. And that's a big part of what I talk about because networking to me is dead. I, I, I'm not a fan of that term. Growing up, I used to say it all the time, um, but people's mindset of, of collecting uh, contacts like Pokemon cards is, is not the way to go. And so when I came out here, it was all about like, wow, like I, I, I'm, I'm new. I want to connect. I want to know what you're about. I care about who you are and what you're about. I want to learn more. And I wanted to build genuine relationships with people and especially the people I worked with. And, you know, some high ups did not like my approach. And, you know, ultimately I continued to do what I did, man, because that's what made me successful at my job and what's made me successful to this point is having those relationships. Because at the end of the day, if someone can say, you know, let's say, who is Brad Lambert or who is that? If they say nice things about you, you're set. But mm -hmm. if, if you come off the wrong way, because that's the first thing they do is they pick up the phone. They're like, who's this? What's, what's the deal on this person? You better hope they have good things to say. Because otherwise, that door is going to slam shut right in your face. That's a good point. But yeah. let's take the flip side of that, Brad. So, how do you put your sensors up for those, especially when you're in that out in LA? I mean, here in Pittsburgh too. But how do you put your sensors up to know we know you're genuine? How do we know that the people don't decide to look genuine to you because of you know yeah, here you are? Sure. I can go through your Instagram page. Are you hanging out with Robert Downey Jr.? You're on the Get Jack Off podcast. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a pinnacle Same of your thing. career. Same but, thing. Yeah. But you know, how do you put your sensors up? Like, wow, you know, how do you when someone's trying to befriend you for something superficially? Uh, I mean, it happens. There, there's there's really you know I I always try to lead with you know seeing the best in people and hoping to get the best of people, but. It's just wherever you're at, that's not always the case. Uh, in L.A., it's it's a bit more. It's a bit uh, showy and flashy, and, you know, uh, they're actors out here for a reason, right? So <laughs> you really have to just kind of be really in tune that, you know, actions speak louder than words. And that, that is my, my driving force for everything where it's like you can talk my head off. But if you don't back up your words with the appropriate actions, I, I don't get excited. I don't, you know, put all my birds, you know, and, and or all my eggs in one basket, excuse me. But it, it's that kind of, you just, you live and you learn. I've been burned so many times out here. It's disappointing, but it's the reality of it. But once again, I, I really try to surround myself with people who I vibe with genuinely yeah. like good yeah. people who are on the same page. And if for whatever reason, we're not on the same page, that's okay. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to disrespect you or treat you poorly, but I am going to take a few steps back. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. Um, couple rapid fire. So yeah. favorite Marvel character. Iron Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Look how you just like, you knew he was behind you. Yeah, he just, for those <laughs> listening to the audio, make sure you go to look at the video because he just put through some right there. Iron Man's right Is it because <laughs> Robert yeah. Downey Jr.? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, he he. Growing up, I I grew up with Spider Man, so he's up there. Uh, the animated series, which was iconic in like the the nineties, um, 
grew up with that, the Tobey Maguire film. So Spider-Man's definitely up there. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, I, I fell in love with the, the MCU and obviously Robert's portrayal of Tony Stark was just sure. historic and iconic. And he, he built, he's the godfather of the MCU and we wouldn't be where we are today, you know, 20 plus some films down the line if, if he didn't, you know, yeah. kick it off the way he did with, with Iron Man and, and continue to carry that. So yeah, absolutely. I've, okay. I've always loved and respected Robert for, for who he is on screen, but also who he is off screen, how he overcame his adversities and, and built into the guy he is today. Um, and yeah, he, he's one of the hardest working people I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot considering how uh, successful he is. Yeah. Sure. All right. You, you fly back to Pittsburgh, you get off the plane the must-do activity. You walk up the plane. What is the one thing you know you're doing on this any particular visit? I mean, I gotta say this first and foremost. I gotta see my family, my okay. family, my friends in town. That's a given. My grandparents. I I talk to them each and every day. I, I have to see them. Uh, I have a handful of family and friends that are there. I gotta see my my Steelers, my Penguins. You know, go see my guys on the team. Spend some time with them. Go to the games because they only come into town when when they're playing for the most part, okay. right? I wanna I wanna double dip. I wanna hit a a Penguin game on Friday, Saturday, and then hit the Steeler game on Sunday. So, um, gotta do that. But from a food standpoint, I gotta go to Monticello's with oh, without hesitation. Nice. That those are the best wings, bar none. My kids and, love Monticello's. Yeah, like I. Literally, I when I go, I'm, I'm generally a pit for like maybe five days or so, um, and I, I will probably hit Monticello's at least three times when I'm there. Okay. Oh my God! Wow. Okay. All right, let's flip this now. John and Rachel You're a flipper. are John and Rachel are coming to Los Angeles. If you came to Pittsburgh, we would take you to Primanti's, the Incline. You know, I wouldn't 100%. take you to Primanti's. Right, right. But... So if we, <laughs> so if we came to LA, where are we going? The first, what are the first three stops you're going to make us see? I mean, it, it kind of depends. Like, if I have – in a perfect world, I would love to try to get you guys to a premiere of some kind. Okay. Um, that there is there is no <laughs> better experience, uh, a Hollywood experience, than a world premiere of any film. It doesn't even have to be an Avengers-level film. Mm-hmm. Um, just if you like movies, that's the ultimate movie-going experience. To walk the carpet, to just feel the energy, the electricity – you know, see the stars, meet them, talk with them, talk a little business. I mean, it's it's the ultimate night out. Um, so if in a perfect world where I had all the power and I could guarantee this, that's what I would do without question. Um, and then, you know, the, the touristy stuff, Santa Monica is beautiful. Uh, Venice, just a beautiful area. Malibu's stunning. Um, but you could hit Universal Studios, Hollywood, which is a lot of fun. Disneyland is about you know six hours. I'm kidding. With traffic, it's it's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, but it, it's probably 45 minutes if you're lucky. Uh, you know, southeast. But um, yeah, there's there's We're, a good amount of stuff. We are people watchers, by oh. and so I think Hollywood, somewhere around Hollywood, where we could go, people watch. I yeah, think we would really I mean, you can't go wrong there. But also, I want to say this too: if you if you have the opportunity to tour any of the studios. Uh, Warner Brothers Studio Tour is fantastic. Universal's is is a legit ride. Um, but that, once again, if you're a lover of film and entertainment, to just go on those back lots and see the sound stages and see how these shows and and movies are made, it's you, you have a newfound respect. And when I first moved out here, that's exactly what I did. I I ended up 
you know, I went to the Warner Brothers tour. I did the Universal tour. I did, I believe, the Paramount tour. And um, it was funny because after my time with Robert and his team, I actually went and worked at Warner Brothers for two years. So uh, to be able to go on that tour as a, as a fan and then ultimately work there for two years, it was, uh, it was very cool. Nice. All right, so let's lead with kindness. As we said earlier in the podcast, uh, it's, it's needed more than ever, as we know. And uh, so tell us, how do we get involved and how do we get you involved if you want to come to Pittsburgh and speak to a school or a group, talk about the and how we, how that. do we all get involved? We'd love that. I mean, I, I would love to come back and, and speak at any of the universities, uh, Point Park, uh, Pitt, a um, lot of options, Carnegie Mellon, um, high schools. I'm open to that as well. I mean, mm-hmm. my whole thing is if I can do or say something that impacts you in a positive way, I'm going to do it. Like mm-hmm. what, wh- where's the hesitation? Right. So for me, like I love speaking at universities because I was once that kid who maybe was confused or scared or didn't know what path to take. So if I can say something that, you know, turns on a light or helps you make a decision, um, to better your life and your career, I'm, I'm in. So that's, that's my, my main thing is why I really enjoy doing that. I spoke in Sao Paulo, Brazil in December, which was just a incredible experience because um, I'd never spoken internationally before. Um, and that was a, just a unbelievable experience to be up on stage. I had a translator in my ear. So everything I said was then translated to Portuguese and then whatever the audience said back was then translated into English. So there was like a slight delay in my response. So it was just a very unique experience, but I, I can't wait to do it again. Pretty good answer. Right. Should Pittsburghers <laughs> just get on in their Instagram and start doing examples, maybe do a hashtag lead with kindness and tag you, right? There you go. Look, and, and here's the thing I, w- I want to say with the whole lead with kindness thing is like we can all make a, an impact. We can all make a difference. I mean, it starts in your day-to-day simple behaviors, you know. In Pittsburgh, when I go back to Pittsburgh, it's so funny because I'll walk into an Eaton Park or something and somebody opens the door for me. We're talking like basic level shit here, right? Mm-hmm. In LA, it it is it is night and day, and you're just like, well, I remember what that was like. Or walking down the street, you're walking down, you know, downtown Pit, downtown Pittsburgh, and <laughs> and you have people who are just like, hey, how's it going? You know, I, I like your like your jersey, da da da. Like just nice for the sake of being nice. And if more people just took that approach, it doesn't always have to be a grand gesture where you're, you know, moving mountains for somebody. Although if you can do it, but just in general, like be kind, compliment people, lift people up instead of tearing them down. And, you know, just do the little things that we may take for granted or we may be too busy or too ignorant or arrogant enough to do. And those little things go a long way. So that's the one thing I'll say to, to really anybody who's listening is like, you may not think that you're big enough to make a difference in the world, but the, the little bit that you can do does make a difference, and it honestly can change someone's life. There you go. So uh, we have a question of the day for everybody on the podcast. Everybody gets the same question. Love and, it. Uh, John doesn't in, know it. In the meantime, go ahead and give everybody your uh, social media links so they could follow you. Sure. Uh, my main platform is on Instagram. You can follow me there at Brad R. Lambert. So there's an R in between Brad Lambert. Um, and you can kind of follow along my journey, and, and hopefully you can get some insight and, and positivity from, from my platform. Love it. I love it for sure. Okay. So like John said, you know, 
we're, it's sort of our um, out of towners episode again. We did this a couple weeks ago, but nice. it's yeah, it's those of you who have some familiarity with Pittsburgh, but you know are on to other things at this point. So I'm sure you've heard that Pittsburgh has been known as the most livable city, as the most um, what was there was another one that we were known for foodie city. We were actually a foodie city. What would you say if you had to fill in the blank? Pittsburgh is the most blank city. Blue collar. That's like yeah. the, the first thing that comes to mind. Just blue collar, hardworking. Hardworking. Um, okay. And uh, I'd like to say together, like a together town, you know. Okay. It's, uh, I like that. It's uh, yeah. It's I've I've lived many different cities uh, around the country, and Pittsburgh is is very unique. I love well, it. That was a good answer. Now we didn't tell the Willie Parker story about how you got him to meet Michael Jordan, and that's a really <laughs> cool story. People, we'll put the link in the show notes for that. But do you want to hear Rachel's? Michael Jordan story? Of course. All the podcasters we've do, come on. <laughs> come on. You don't want to hear it. Listen. I have to tell you this. Willie Parker is one of my favorites. I actually did a TSE cruise and and Willie Parker was one of them. Oh, you the you cruise. did the uh the Legends of Legends, Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. And he was a lot of fun. I mean, just such a good dude. I the best. Hands down, right? Um no, my story is that <laughs> my son, my oldest son is 17. And, you know, during the pandemic, we're coming up with multiple things to do as a family. And um, I was cooking bacon on a Sunday morning, and he said, Mom, we're going to watch um, MJ's, what's it called? What was it? Last Dance. Last Dance, um, yeah. On, uh, we're going to watch MJ's Last Dance tonight. And I said, I am so excited. You know what? He was my favorite entertainer of all time, and I don't believe half the things that I hear. And honestly, parents were wrong for letting their kids sleep there all the time. So he kind of looked at my husband and yeah, that's sort of the, sort of the look I got. And now mind you, I played basketball, so it's not like I don't know who the other MJ is. Sure. But, um, I said, hey, there, there, are, there are lists of, of different categories of people who have the same names, you know? Right. right. And MJ is a pretty powerful two letters, if you ask me. That so is true. In your defense, that and, is true. Right. ESPN that is on, true. and I knew it wasn't the MJ I thought it was. So. <laughs> but I also share your sentiment. You know, it, it, it makes sense, and I, I get it. So yeah. no fault to you whatsoever. <laughs> but that is a funny story. It is funny. <laughs> and I did I did watch the entire series, and, you know, he's certainly an icon if as well. If we ever meet Michael Jordan, we're telling him that story. I know I'm telling it. I, I'm sure that. he'll right. get a laugh out of it. But yeah. back to Willie, I've, I've had the privilege of knowing him for, like, 15 years. And, you know, uh, grown up, he was – my favorite player, I loved watching him run the ball. I mean, when he hit that second level, he was gone. And there was yep. really nothing anybody could do about it. Um, and to be, you know, his fan and his supporter and then that transition into literal, like, family. Like, yeah. uh, I'm Uncle Brad to his kids mm -hmm. now, which Aww. is just something that it still boggles my mind to this day. But, you know, I was able to go from that fan to friend to family and I actually handled his retirement with the Pittsburgh Steelers, wow. which was a, a full circle kind of thing for me mm -hmm. to, to be there to execute that with the front office and be there on the day where he retired in front of like 10,000 fans at training camp um, sure. in Latrobe. So it's uh he's a special guy and you know, he's, He's found the fountain of youth, I swear to God, because he hasn't aged a day, and he's hmm. in the best shape of his life. I yeah. guarantee you he can still play. I'm sure. Yeah. Listen, awesome. this was a great conversation. We have to have you on again in a couple months that. just to see what's going on. So thank you so much for the time. Oh, yeah, thank you. It. You know I'm always dying to talk stillers. You feel the beat. Need to move your body. Shake your brain.
right, Rach, our second video of the podcast. We're like here. crazy Zoomers now. Right. This is what we do. We yeah. Zoom cast. <laughs> but we're super excited because it's one of those things where I went on vacation and we were thinking about who's next. We want some out of towners while we're still in the COVID you know, state of mind where we're mm -hmm. still podcasting from home. And so we thought it was the perfect time to bring in the one and only songwriter girl because we thought we were going to be interviewing her later this summer when she brought the songwriter girl camp here to Pittsburgh, Swickley area, right? Mm -hmm. But since that can't happen, no better time than the than the current time to have Kirsty Mana on. So welcome, Kirsty. Hi. Thanks for having me on you, Jag Off. I'm always <laughs> up for the fun with you guys. Oh yeah, there you go. It's it's always a hip happening time. But listen, I, I am so proud to say that I was recently on your podcast and we had I had such a good time talking to you and I thank you so much for bringing out such fun stories that people were even relating to here in Pittsburgh people so. that knew her were like hey that was cool yeah <laughs> yeah well so thanks for being cool. on it was a good chat and I always yeah. I always yeah. love talking to a fellow female entrepreneur well talk a little bit about that because someone who doesn't know what songwriter girl is the camp or even what your new podcast is Tell them a little bit about what your vision is, and we're certainly going to talk about how you came to be and your Pittsburgh ties, but what is it about, why is it so important to you to empower specifically women and in this day and time? Well, um, I started Songwriter Girl, and John Chamberlain was the first one of the first people, he and our other friend Rich Overtots, to actually support and sponsor the first Songwriter Girl that ever came to Pittsburgh, and it was the, my very first camp, and we had it at the Robert Morris College. And I was supposed to be coming there to uh, Swickley to be doing a songwriter girl uh, camp, uh, kind of a camp workshop in August, but because of uh, COVID, it, of course, didn't happen. But uh, songwriter girl came to be because I, I really uh, felt like I had something I wanted to share with people in the music industry, but especially girls and women. I'd gone and spoken at all different kinds of events and really felt like girls kind of got left out, you know, because girls really ch would change when they'd get in, in the room with a guy. You know, guys would be in the same event, and they never seemed to be able to really express themselves the way that I knew girls could. So I decided that I wanted to have this uh, event in this company called Songwriter Girl, and it, my mission was to share my knowledge and uh, create – a place where girls could build their confidence, uh, self and be self empowered and, and really learn how to express themselves by writing songs. So I started doing those camps about 12 years ago and I was going to bring one back to Pittsburgh coming up. Well, uh, so I couldn't have an event here in Nashville either this year because of COVID. So all those things changed. And so in the midst of COVID, I, I had done a podcast before and, uh, never really felt like it really got off the ground. And John always was a really big supporter, giving me advice about what to do. He'd say, you can do it. Come on, do it again. You can get out there, podcast. And um, and so I thought, okay, COVID. So now I have no excuse. I'm going to resurrect my idea. And I decided to do a podcast that was kind of broadening my thoughts of Songwriter Girl, uh, broadening just the whole scope, talking about creativity and, and inspiration, and then focusing uh, through a, a segment called Shiro Spotlight mm -hmm. on women who were female entrepreneurs and women whose stories inspired me. And we weren't necessarily always doing things that were just in music because 
I, like I said, I wanted to broaden my horizon there and broaden my thoughts on that and meet other people that were being so expressive. Um, I forget the exact statistics of female entrepreneurs, but there are a lot of, there, there's something like, you know, three and a half billion female entrepreneurs in the world. I forget the number, but, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's difficult to be an entrepreneur. We all know this, you know, you really have to pull yourself up from the bootstraps. You have to have goals. You have to have a real plan in action and you have to have people around you that really support what you're trying to do, uh, that will give you good advice, tough love, tell you when, you know, maybe you should nix that idea and, you know, lean on this one over here. So I was really excited to have you, Rachel, on my show. And I've only just published my 11th podcast this week. And uh, you were on number 10. And so when I hit, good you know, number. like 100, you'll have to come back. Oh, mm-hmm. are you kidding? You know, <laughs> I know that so, was a long-winded answer, but there it is. No, no, no but that's exactly answer. it. But, Kirsty, let's back up even further a little bit because what gives you the right to think that you know all this stuff, right? We forgot, you know, we didn't mention your credentials. We you know, didn't forget. You, you we have wanted significant, to kind of segue, right? Yeah, so let's let's back up and tell everybody, like, why are you the songwriter girl? And, you know, what has led to where you are today? Thank you. Well, uh, I was really fortunate and blessed to have Blake Shelton's first single, and it ended up being a number one song for six weeks. And uh, so that gave me a lot of knowledge in the field of how to make this kind of stuff happen. And I've had cuts since. I've had single with Big and Rich and a lot of different artists and placements on TV shows and ads and movies and that kind of thing. But uh, as a matter of fact, Blake, I think it's on July 22nd, is going to be, they're going to be presenting a concert at drive-in theaters. I think it's yes. the Encore Drive-In Theaters across the country. So that's really exciting. And uh, my co-publisher and I always say about Austin, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, you know, thank you, Blake, for doing the song on that show, because it's another beautiful license that we uh, that we get to enjoy uh, and just so exciting that Blake became the star that he always deserved to be. And I, I heard a, a, a music exec say something about him recently that I thought was so cool that, you know, Blake was this, is this fantastic singer. But when Blake got to be on The Voice and really let his personality shine, it's when people really saw everything about Blake Shelton. And it's when he really rose to stardom. And that's what I want to say to anybody out there listening, uh, you know, just to be encouraging that if you really feel like you have a voice and something that you want to say, you know, a podcast is a great way to start by getting your feet wet and really speaking up about what your passion may be. Because there's not even that re- really that many podcasts, as many blogs, you know, there's not that many podcasts. It kind of surprised me. I think there's like, a million podcasts and there's something like seven million blogs out there. So there's a lot of room <laughs> on the airwaves for all of us that have things we want to say. But, you know, the the one thing I want to make sure we hit, though, so we go back to Ty and Rachel's question about you being a female entrepreneur. Well, oh, sure. Female is obvious, right? So you're an entrepreneur. You're a songwriter. But, you know, even as a songwriter and an as an entrepreneur does, they have to kind of move and kind of navigate difficult waters like you had a song ready to go for big and rich it didn't go you navigated some waters and it went somewhere else and yeah so just like anybody that's a bakery a pie shop a you know a bicycle shop you've 
every entrepreneur has to navigate and stay flexible so that they continue to stay in the game and stay relevant, right? Yes, I think that's so true. And you always have to have, you know, things in your back pocket. You have to be, and you have to be looking to the future and you have to uh, really know who you are, what your limitations are, you know, get a good team of people around you that can really lift you up, uh, support you emotionally and uh, support things that you have to do physically to make go whatever your business is. In the case of songwriting, you know, you have a hit song, but it doesn't mean you just go, oh, yeah, I got a hit song. I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to keep writing. I mean, this is why you see sometimes artists have this, you know, this first album and it's such a smash. And then the second album, it takes them such a long time to put out again because they've been spending all this energy on that first record. Now they got to go back to the drawing board and they got to top that first record. So, and we all know that as entrepreneurs, we have to top. There's the one most important person we got to top every day, and it's ourselves. That's it. We say that in the marketing realm, you're only as good as your last hit. Yeah, right? it, it's it really, happens and it's you really true. On. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah, tell us what the feeling was like, though, from you know a personal from a personal perspective. What did that feel like to know? How many times had you written songs that you were able to then say? I wrote this song. This feeling was incredible. What was that like? Well, I just have to say that two things happened with Austin that were really impacting to me. Uh, one was when the producer, uh, his producer at that time, Bobby Braddock, he said he, he wanted to play the song for the writers. And so we met at um, my co-writer's publisher's office, and Bobby's playing the cut. And I'd never met him before, and he's such an iconic writer himself. And when it hit that second verse, I start getting all choked up. Like, I'm going to cry. I'm like, okay, I, I got to bite my lip here. I can't cry in front of Bobby Braddock. God doesn't even know me. And so there there was that moment. And then when I first heard it on the radio, it it, it just, like, made my heart stop. You know, I had to pull over and listen. It, it was It was such a thrill. And that, to this day, is always a thrill. Sure. When you hear the song on the radio and when you, you know, people send me videos all the time of Blake uh, singing the song at, at a concert or something and where people are singing along and to think that this song had that much impact on people's hearts, you know, that they, they know all the words and that they just love the song. And that's what, that's what's so beautiful to me. And I think the follow-up to that, too, is, and, you know, we've interviewed, certainly not of your caliber, but different bands, musicians, um, creative, you know, folks, performers, who say, you know, when it comes to singing and songwriting, you know, maybe I hear the melody first, or maybe I have the, this feeling that made me, you know, come up with specific verbiage. What is that formula, so to speak, that you use? Well, I'm kind of a need-to-know person, so when I go into a writing appointment, I kind of like to know what the idea is. So, you know, I go with a, a couple of ideas and, and now I, I write with certain writers that I know when we leave that writing appointment, we're going to probably have something we really like. We, we kind of know how each other works. We know when to stay out of each other's way, so to speak. Uh, I actually, actually have to say, I've, I've never been a writer that sits down and works all these melodies out. I'm not saying I don't hear melodies and sing them in my phone or something. But I don't sit around and work melodies out. They they come easy to me. Uh, so that's 
that's the way it goes for me. In the case of Austin, I hadn't had the idea. I took it to one of my co-writers, and we talked about that idea for many hours before we even started writing the the actual song. So. Sure. So talk about, like, you know, a uh, songwriter, musician. At this point, there are so many different outlets now. We had Nick Bozak uh, on the podcast from California, uh, Pittsburgh expat. He's out there, and he went out there to do similar things, and now he, he arranges music for TV shows. And, and wow. you know, it's not life on the middle of a stage with, a, you know, 10,000 people screaming your name, but it sure is still a good life, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's... And of course now, because people, artists are, are having to really get creative about how they perform. And, you know, I feel bad for artists that they're not able to express their, their music in front of their, you know, a crowd of all of their fans, thousands of people. But there are so many ways that you can still make music, make money, I meant to say, in the music industry. And it isn't just necessarily about being famous. You know, you could be teaching music, you could teach at a college, you could be writing songs like your friend is doing, composing uh, instrumental music, possibly arranging. And also, you know, go and look for artists that are right in your region. You can find those people on social media, that kind of thing, just by paying attention to the trades, because most artists need music. And then you need to educate yourself on how you license the use of that music, and then that's how you can uh, have some revenue stream. But there are more outlets now, right? I mean, there yeah. are games, there are videos. Oh yeah, and- it's not just it's not just an artist singing. And ga- games and and videos are still something obviously that's still going in COVID. That's still needing music and uh, that kind of thing. Even though there's not a lot of TV shows or films or whatever in production. There's still ads. Ads are, it's a harder world to break into, but games and videos, and especially if you're an artist creating your own original music, a lot of times artists get, uh, you know, new artists get broken that way, so to speak, you know, because that kind of a creator, somebody doing a game, uh, video game or some other outlet like that, they might not have a big budget to license the music so they can get a break with a new artist and then they, and then they expose their music that way. And talk about a little bit. I know there's some Pittsburgh people who have gone to, and you're in Nashville now, we have to say. I want to know what that was like going to Nashville. But also, who are some of the Pittsburgh musicians and bands and performers who you've worked with to kind of help, you know, elevate their careers as well? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I can't really think of any Pittsburgh performers. I know there's been a couple of writers, one writer that came to one of my uh, workshops, Nancy Deccan was an artist. She painted, and I think she was pretty successful like that in Pittsburgh. And she came to several of my Song Girl Girl workshops, and now she's here in Nashville, and she's a publisher, and she works with new artists and new writers, and so she's found success here in town doing that kind of a thing. And I think she's launching a new uh, app, or a new not a new app, but a new um, platform for songwriters and publishers to kind of connect. And so uh, she's somebody that, yeah, she's somebody from Pittsburgh and she actually has been living here for several years. 
and we had Mary Lamb on the, yeah. you know, she she went to a songwriter. She not she went over to Ohio. Yeah, yeah she came to the workshop I did a couple of uh, winters ago around Christmas yeah. time. She came to my workshop. And you had that you've you've worked with the Hobbs sisters. You, yeah, you know right. you know who they are. I wrote yeah. some songs with them. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen them in a while, but you know everybody's kind of staying hidden. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. When you talk about writing, you use, as I recall, you have a, and maybe I'm reflecting incorrectly, but it is a business for you. You know, when I am making widgets, I get up in the morning, I go to the widget factory at 8 o'clock every morning, and I start making widgets, turn the machines on, turn the lights on, all that kind of stuff. I don't just wait, sit and wait for a widget to come out. So same thing. You have a work schedule for writing songs. It's not like you just like hang out at the pool and go, Ah, this is a good one, and you sing it into your phone, right? Yeah, no, for me, I, I'm a real structured kind of person in that sense. So generally, we have some people write. We call them doubles. You know, where they'll write in the morning, and then they'll write again, have a session in the afternoon. I usually just do one session a day uh, when I'm writing a song. But generally, we get together about 10 a.m. and we'll work until maybe about two. And usually, we complete a song within that time. And then we always go back, see if, if there's something on the song that we want to rewrite, you know, that we want to fix, change, edit. And uh, a lot of times when, you know, you're working with an artist, you're on a bit of a deadline with them because they possibly may be getting ready to cut a record or, you know, looking for a new single. And so uh, you you always want to kind of get in on the tail end of their of their search because they're getting close to, Maybe cutting, and you you might have a better chance of getting something on their record because there's they're still not done looking. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened to me with Austin. It was kind of in the eleventh hour. They just didn't have everything they wanted. They wanted this this one big song, and they they didn't have it. And so that's kind of how we got in there. You know, that was part of it. And what was the it that was needed? Like what, what is that aha moment again, where it's like, you know what, this is missing a keyboard part, or this is missing, you know, something more to the refrain. How did you know, or or what was that part for the Austin song? Well, uh, as I said, we talked about the idea for a long time. I said uh, to my co-writer, David Kent, that, you know, I wanted to kind of be like a movie, you know, I'm real hung up on movies. I love movies. And so I said, you know, it, it it should progress, you know, and it's a story song. And so we see what happens with the two characters in the song and, and how it, you know, how it ends. And then we, we took three writing sessions to write that song. And then uh, we just kept tweaking it, you know, and finally got it to where we wanted it to be. And then I, and then I remember David made a real nice work demo of the song, you know, so we could hear what we had. And his work demo uh, was not really unlike the record. I mean, they didn't really change the chords or anything. I mean, those were the actual, that was the actual harmony that we wrote, the chords we wrote and everything, you know, so they were really happy with that when they went to cut, cut Blake's song. So we talked earlier about how you, where, what you're doing now. And so let's go forward back to that forward motion again. You're, you're an entrepreneur. What are the things that you're doing to use your credentials and your influence now moving forward? We know about Songwriter Girl What else? and your podcast. What else? Well, the latest thing that's happened for me is uh, my husband, Bill Warner, and I got asked to run a small label and publishing company here in Nashville. And we've been at it for about six weeks. The, the label's called Lucky Sky Music. And uh, we're going to be doing an official launch and everything in August. And 
Uh, we're going to have an artist on the label. Her name is Tori Martin. You guys can go check out her music. And I actually am a co-writer on her current single with Bill D. Luigi and Tori Martin. The song's called Fun. And uh, she's releasing a new video on that next Friday. So we're all excited about that. So that's kind of a really cool and fun adventure. And Bill D. Luigi is uh, the writer that I signed to the the uh, company, the publishing arm of the company. And so we're really excited about everything that we have going with him. He's a brilliant writer, and and he's also from Pennsylvania. What? How yes. And he's got a really cool record out called Pennsylvania Avenue. You guys will have to interview him sometime. He's That's a, a great, oh great yeah. He's a great yeah. writer, and, and all the songs on that record are solo rights, and he wrote them all about being from PA and where he – grew up near Philly. Listen, when you start getting emails and people asking for your phone number, it's your fault because you said you're starting a publishing company. Yeah. And everybody, <laughs> every mom who's, uh, who who's has a kid son or who's daughter eight. who yeah. plays guitar right now knows five chords yeah. is going to be calling you. You should hear my kid. <laughs> yeah, so we're, already, your fault. we're already getting the calls. But, you know, I, I welcome uh, people's passion, but just just always remember that you you know you have to work so hard and and you have to be ready to hear the word no because i i hear the word no still a lot in my career and and it just makes you stronger that's funny i was just going to say what an industry to choose because it's such a slam the door in your face kind of you know thing yeah. and if you don't have the wits to kind of come back and say i'm i'm going to try again forget it right mm. yeah. yeah and that's it's awesome. and it's really too you know it's all the things lining up together you know it's a like in the case of Austin, any other cuts I've had, it's having the perfect song for the perfect artist and the stars line up and, and it, you know, radio likes it and, or the fans like it. It, it. There's so many things that go into it. You know, that's the thing that I think is so interesting about social media and we're, when we're all involved in it, you know, we're podcasting and we're using it so much to advance our, uh, you know, our messages, whatever they are. But, you know, if, I, I try to tell young people, you know, when you look at a picture of somebody, some celebrity, somebody that's having success, you're looking at that one picture, that one second of their life, and you really need to go back and study how they got to where they are today because I really believe that success leaves traces. And if you're really convinced that you have something you want to share with the world, then you need to make yourself the strongest horse you can be in the race, and you have to go figure out how to win. Oh, wow. Love that. I'm not even sure we're supposed to say anything at this point. No. Go to music. Go to music now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. That's such a good point. So, yeah, uh, and again, the other thing that validates you to be on the Jagoff podcast is you grew up in Poland, Ohio, which really is kind of like a suburb of Youngstown and Pittsburgh. So when you guys would be playing in your band or you're visiting Pittsburgh years ago, whatever it would be, what was the coolest place you'd ever go to when you guys were in Pittsburgh? Well... I always loved going, uh, I don't even know what the tunnel's called anymore. You'd go in the tunnel and Pittsburgh would come out and there would be Pittsburgh. You know, it kind of reminded, always reminded me of Manhattan. You know, and I just always thought picture, uh, Pittsburgh was such a cultural, fashionista kind of town, you know, and uh, had great food. And I played the Three Rivers, it's the Three Art. Rivers Arts Festival. Oh, right? yeah. I played that several times when I still lived in Ohio, and that was such a cool experience, you know, 100%. Yeah. they years. celebrated 60 years last year. Oh, you're kidding. Mm -hmm. It's, it was a top notch event, yeah. you know, and I just, I just think Pittsburgh is such a, such a cool city. I really love it. Great people, great food, you know, 
That's awesome. Well, that's the perfect segue because, Kirsty, what I don't think you know is that we always have a question of the day for all of our guests. So it's the perfect way to kind of set you up for what that question of the day is. But before we ask you, first of all, thank you so much for giving us your time. But also let everybody know where can they follow you, find you, what's your website, what about social media so that they can get to know you and Songwriter Girl. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, on Instagram, I'm Songwriter Girl 1. And on YouTube, I'm Songwriter Girl 1 is my channel. And Kirsty.com is one of my websites. And then songwritergirl.com is one of my websites, too. So you can go find me there. And I'm on Facebook just as me. And I also have a Facebook page, Songwriter Girl. So if you think Kirsty Man is Songwriter Girl, if you think Songwriter Girl, you'll find me. <laughs> That's perfect. That's nice and easy. Okay. So the question of the day. Pittsburgh has been known to be a foodie city, the most livable city. We, we're starting to kind of rank up there in a lot of these different categories. What would you call Pittsburgh, though? If we were to say, Kirsty, what is Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh is the most blank city. What would you say? Hmm. I'd have to say Pittsburgh is the most historically cultural city in the north. Wow. Besides New York City. Wow. I think there's a lot of great history there, beautiful buildings, you know, uh, Carnegie Mellon, you know, uh, the museums. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty stout, I think, in the regards to what Pittsburgh has to offer. All those cool little neighborhoods. I used to love going to Swickley and, you know, when I lived there. Just, it, it reminds me of New York City. And that's what I always love. It, more than Cleveland. You know, Cleveland's trying to come up, but Pittsburgh is, is really, it, it's like a true city to me. It's like a little Manhattan. We love it. That's can a great you, can answer. Can you give us a yeah, jag off? Yeah, jag off. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. Kirsty Mana, thank you so much for doing this. We, we appreciate it. it. And you're 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 one of our guinea pigs on one of our first video type. People always say we watched your podcast. We're like, you didn't. But now when they said they would not be lying. I'm glad that I'm one of your guinea pigs. And uh, the next time I come up there, we'll go eat uh, some pizza and some good stuff. Gonna blow your mind. So I'll do that. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not know, even I fair. I can't. That's not even fair because little bums. I, I was like, I keep watching this band come up on our Instagram feed. And I'm like, yeah. we have to reach out to them and get them on so the So you don't let me on the Instagram feed so that it looks like you found right. them. I get, it. Exactly. I get it. Exactly. Nonetheless, we're super excited that we get to speak with some of the members of Hell's Oasis. I know. How about that? And intriguing because when I saw the name, intriguing. I went right to stereotyping of thinking some Same. pretty hardcore thrashing yeah. stuff you know and then the next thing you know i'm like okay this is funky yeah and and i wanted to dance but i don't dance you're not a dancer right so welcome to the podcast not ginger (laughs) right (laughs) right alexis and john from hell's oasis how are you guys good how you doing not bad thanks for having us oh we're so glad to finally have you so you know obviously the elephant in the room is COVID 19 still happening this is the hardest hit industry um as we told you guys before we started you know hitting record that you know it has been part of our mission to continue talking to you folks who produce live music because this has to have been the biggest obstacle but i think that you guys are getting around it a little bit tell us a little bit about what you're doing during COVID to keep music alive Oh, wow. Uh, I wish Ginger were here. <laughs> She's the one who does most of the promotion. But uh, I, I do most of the back-end music stuff. But uh, she, well, I tell you what, she's been very, very active. Uh, uh, yeah. 
you know, we have the whole streaming world out there, so that's that's a big portion of it. She's, you know, really made sure that uh, that uh, we get uh, uploaded to all the different distributors and and uh, and get their curators to look at our music and listen to our music and stuff like that. Um, what what, uh, what we're doing like locally though is uh, is we are planning on uh, uh, running the the uh, uh, Melbourne Park Walled Garden September nineteenth, and we'll have uh, four bands, and we'll be set up uh, where the urns are, where the top of the steps, and we'll be looking out over the large field, and uh, if, you know people can come and just listen to some music, social distance, and uh, and yeah, you know I, I've been thinking about this for a couple months actually, and. And and uh, and just getting in touch with the permit people has been been logistically difficult, but I am in touch with her, and uh, and she's been you know very good, and so so it sounds like we should be able to do this. It's awesome. I think everybody is itching to hear live music, and just hey, we'll obey the rules. Just let us do it, right? Yeah, I was I was thinking that you know as long as there's a PA playing, somebody will be somewhere. They'll be like, wait, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, There's something yeah. happening. Let's go. No. <laughs> you know? And it doesn't sound like a riot or a protest, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, I love it. John, tell us a little bit about the band and, you know, how long you guys have been together, sort of who, you know, how you put the pieces together, the, the meaning the, the individuals in the band and how it's sort of all the, cohe- dynamic, the cohesiveness yeah. of it. So the interesting thing with that is uh, I've only been in this project for probably about a year now. Um, I joined, um, I actually just moved to Pittsburgh from Boston about two years ago. So I found them. I, I, I met, um, Ginger actually through a, a, the PSL running group actually. Oh, and, okay. um, we got talking and one thing led to another and I ended up, uh, joining up and uh, adding some saxophone. They didn't have a saxophonist before. So I was able to kind of take their music and kind of figure out a way to add to it. Um, I'm sure that, um, Alexis could tell you a little bit more about the, the, the history, um, it's a very storied history, I guess. And, but um, I'm the newcomer, uh, one of the newcomers. We, our bassist is also uh, new on the band as well. Well, we're but, glad that we were able to save you from Boston, right, Alexis? We you just dragged them out of there. Yeah, well, I like it here a lot. I'll tell you that. People are friendlier. <laughs> We've heard that. We, yeah, that's definitely something we. Except for on the roads. <laughs> that's because I'm behind you. Yeah, yeah. Hence the I'm word not jag friendly. off, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Wicked jag offs there. <laughs> so then Alexis, we, we throw it to you. What, what do you say, you know, band dynamic is important, right? I think that's, that's a big reason that you even make it or, or continue to grow your audience is, is the band dynamic. Talk to us a little bit about the different folks who are a part of your band. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Ginger, she comes from Texas. Uh, I, uh, I met her in te- in Texas in Austin. We were in all sorts of different bands back in the nineties um uh it was a really fun time uh, it, uh she, she herself has an interesting story I, I wish she would she were here to tell it but uh she's uh, lived abroad a lot she lived in saudi arabia and in england and uh in sort of those pivotal times in your life where where you know she came back to america and she had like this better education <laughs> and, uh-huh. and like was like ahead of the curve on on sort of what was hot because she was living in england and um and uh yeah it's kind of neat just to to see that she missed the whole new wave <laughs> tears for fears <laughs> all of that all of that was like she's every time i sing that at karaoke come on safety dance you know this and she's like, oh. it's like they come from england <laughs> but uh uh yeah so um 
uh, and, and I'm originally from Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, I was born and bred in Pittsburgh. I, I left for college for New York City when I was 17. I, and I was gone for 17 years or so. Uh, I lived in New York. I lived in Florida and uh, Texas. And um, uh, yeah, and then I came back to Pittsburgh because it's an awesome place. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you guys uh, put you, your your sound is different, and uh, Ginger is. I'm going to. I'm a non musical person. I'm going to classify her as a belter. She can belt a note out there and hold that. But when you guys were putting this together, what made you decide to go for the sound that you have? Because it because it is unique, and it kind of it's almost nostalgic to the point as far as that funky sort of '80s sound. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, I love all those different eras of, of music, and I wanted to produce a band that we could have a couple different sets. We could have some sets where we're playing danceable type of stuff, and it's not just all mood music, and you're just sitting there with your beer. I wanted something where people could, could you know, just, uh, you know, get out and move around a little bit, and uh, and you know, uh, and especially the, the the ending was a real tribute to sort of the uh, the uh, the disco era, I guess, in some ways. Even though it's so funny, because even back then I, I wasn't a big disco fan, but now it's like I like I like I was mentioning karaoke. Whenever we sing karaoke, it's a uh, uh, I bring out a lot of those disco songs. I'm singing Shadow Dancing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, but it I um, and and if you listen to a lot of the other tunes, they. They do have one sort of theme that John really pointed out really well that 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 we do we don't have very many sort of happier songs. <laughs> We've got a couple happy songs, but a lot of them are very kind of moody and uh, have okay. uh, uh, you know they're they're a little bit more moody and uh, uh, and I guess it's just a reflection of all the different. I, I mean, I grew up and hear this stuff from the '80s and the '90s, and along the way as a musician, you write music that reflects what you're hearing. And you keep them in your bag of songs, and then you're like, okay, one day I'm going to record that, you know. And I tell you, you know, you get to a certain age where you're like, really, am I really going to do that? Or am I just saying that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's like, and in Austin, I worked in worked in a, uh, I had a studio, and I worked in a studio, and and it's funny how your stuff never gets done, you know. It's like everybody else's, yeah. you know. And so uh, now with well, the advent with the computers, and I mean, this room. I had, I, you know, it made it so easy that, you know, I could, I buy lights, you know, so we have a light show and uh, when we play the, all, all the music uh, um, and everything's just shrunk. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like having a multi-million dollar studio that I, that, that I couldn't afford before now in my, my house. And it's like, oh man, I tell you, the, the generations now just don't understand the difference. It's huge. True point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you would know that for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. My dad's actually a musician from way back, and um, he did a lot with even Motown. And so, you know, I was around a lot of the old timers, the Chuck Berries, and the, um, you know, that that era of music. And it's amazing to me to see big heavy light sets, big heavy yeah, speakers. Right. Oh, band. You know, a <laughs> yeah. box truck that that carried everything because that's what you needed at the time, and just how compact it is now. Yeah. 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 And and you know the musicians back then they actually had to be I think a little bit better in some ways than nowadays because here you have the ability to say okay like you know we could do that to a certain extent with tape but if you kept doing it with tape it would degrade it as well mm -hmm. so it wasn't until yeah. the hard drives and all those type of things came in but before that everybody. It, 
if you were if you were taking takes, it's like you, you needed to make sure that you had your stuff together. You, you were on, your timing is right because oh boy, us. How many times do you go back and you play it back to, you know, and everybody's waiting, yeah, waiting, yeah. waiting, 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 waiting. You find it, you find it, and you listen to it, like, ah! Oh! <laughs> and it's like, uh, but, but now you can, like, quickly just, like, stop, control Z. <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. And do yeah. it. It's not, it's gone, it's in the ether, nobody ever hear it, you know? And, uh, and that's, that's when you bring in John, the saxophone guy, to just cover everything, cover all the things, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Everybody loves a saxophone. Everybody loves horns. That's like, I don't know. Not, not, I shouldn't say everybody. I, that's, that's my thing. Horns in anything is where we go. So, John, you and I could be tight. Yeah, well, I, I love playing with this band. I love playing with Ginger because we, have, you know, we, we love to interact. And, you know, a lot of what I do is parts, but there's some improvisation as well. And um, we, we really can interact. I really love listening. She, her playing off me, me playing off her. We have really good interactions. So I, that's one thing I really love about playing, you know, being relatively new to the band. And that's been like really fun, you know, the interaction. I want to see you guys live, that's for sure. We're coming in September. I am a wallflower, though. I will promise you. I'm, a, I'm the guy that just sits and holds the beer, but I will, but I will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be standing there like a tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? I thought they were like lively. Yeah. <laughs> listen, the funniest thing is John always asks, I swear, every guest, if you were to sing karaoke, and listen, you beat him to it. You already talked karaoke, mm-hmm. so we don't even have to ask you. Now we know like you're good. Hey, you should come over to karaoke. We have it tonight here. What? We've been doing karaoke all the way through COVID. Where? My house. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I'm coming. Don't ask me if you don't think I'm going to show up. I, I More than welcome. We have a small, a very small crowd. We've got a crowd of five people or so. You know, John comes. You know, uh, I, I say, you know, I tell you, there's nothing better to help improve your voice than practice. And what better way than just, you know, singing karaoke, you know? But, John, so uh, but Alexis. Better. I, so true. But I have to tell you, I'm a karaoke fan. But I love bad karaoke. Like, I want to see the train wrecks. I don't want to see anybody get up there and do good. I want to sit there and drink my beer and watch the people make complete idiots of themselves. I yeah. love the train wrecks. No, that that happens, too. I mean, because cause the one thing about doing it here is that you don't have the crowd and the bartenders and everybody. and say, yeah, hmm, I'm going to try this really hard foreigner song. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Or Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. <laughs> <laughs> you get a ton of, and, and you're like, no. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. funny. I love it. I definitely try songs I wouldn't usually do in public when I'm over there. <laughs> I will say. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> he has improved a lot since he started uh, uh, coming to, to karaoke. I remember you were singing like the Grinch. Oh, because I'm a bit, I've got that bass voice, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. I don't really have that rock voice, you know. That's why I play sax. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Listen, oh. I could talk to you guys for hours, but are, do you have music that's coming out monthly that I hear? Like, are you dropping singles a lot? Because, again, we're... We have li- uh, a single coming out on July 24th. It's uh, okay. called Lil- Lilacs. Um, and we have another song that's a pr- pretty upbeat, really... Uh, we got It's really a great uh, bluesy rock song, uh, Shoes, that's coming out in August as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we got that we can, uh, Spotify, right, for... For that, or Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, all of them. It'll be everywhere. SoundCloud, everywhere. It gets uh, okay. We have YouTube videos on YouTube. We we're updating that, so that will be out. Nice. Okay. Cool. And where we we have a question of the day that Rachel always asks, but 
of two things. One, Rachel loves themes, so you'll be glad to know, and she'll be glad to know, that one of our previous guests on this podcast prior to you was Kirsty Manna, who's from oh, Poland, yeah. Ohio, and she wrote the song Austin, which was a number one hit for uh, Blake Shelton. So there's the Austin connection. How about that? So we're theming. And, Thank uh, you. I needed that for show notes. There you go. And <laughs> second of all, uh, tell everybody where they follow the band on the Internet, please. Well, you can go to our website, uh, hellsoasis.net, uh, and, and you can just – Type Hell's Oasis into any of the search bars for anything, YouTube and uh, Spotify, iTunes. We just pop right up. And, but, but, you know, you can go to our central location uh, of our website, hellsoasis.net. Nice. Easy enough. See, when you make it simple, people follow more, right? <laughs> yeah, the, pro- the problem with our name, though, I, I realize is that, and I, and, and, I, and I mentioned this when we were thinking doing it first, when we were coming up with it first, on, first time. I said, you know that apostrophe might make people. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because it's a it's a it's Hell's Oasis without an apostrophe. Okay. Yes, right, right. Well, and real quickly though, what why Hell's Oasis? Where did the name come from? Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 it's a location in Texas. Okay. Um, but it's really um, it's really based on a book that uh, that Ginger uh, read and I read as well uh, called Hell's Oasis about the Dust Bowl era in the 1930s. Uh, She's okay. from the Texas area, and her her parents and grandparents uh, uh, they they lived in a railroad car during the during the depression, and so they would tell all these stories about you know life back then, and uh, and um, and the area wow. that they would they lived in, uh, West Texas area was called uh, Hell's Oasis. Wow, I love it. That's a, that's way better than like we all voted on and yeah. or put it out through the internet. That's a way better man. story. It's <laughs> yeah. a way better story. I don't know if he even made that up, but it was re- <laughs> just now he made it up. No, know. I'm fucking jack off. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I swear it's true. It's true. It's true. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. That's a really cool story. Oh yeah. God, yeah. I'm so glad we asked that. There you go. I just assumed you know you were a metal band at some point and then decided let's go a different route. Well, you know, I was in many metal bands back in the late '80s and early '90s, um, us, and and we do actually have a lot of. I have a, a bunch of metal songs that I've never recorded that I'd like to record under Hell's Oasis. Uh, so mm-hmm. it'd be neat idea. to see Ginger. She 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 says that uh, that that I should be singing those, and and I'm like, no 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 no. I don't know with her voice. Yeah. I could see a really cool metal song coming out with her voice. Hey, yeah yeah she she, you know, she yeah absolutely. I mean she she does Iron Maiden and uh, and you know she can get that compression. Yeah. She can't do it like she can't do it like. Uh, like I can do the real like, sound, you know? <laughs> <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor, you know, and, uh, uh, like that kind of sound. Uh, um, but she doesn't do that. But but everything else kind of a little bit above that, she does. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you tell her we're mad that she's chicken and she wouldn't come on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we need to get her. Here's on. our question. We have to have you on again. That's right. That's All right, right, question of the day. So every guest gets the same question. And basically, the other two guests are, you know, they're ex-Pittsburghers or, or near Pittsburgh and then gone and back, sort of like you guys. You've sort of gone back and forth, right? Yeah. So, yeah, right. So we said, you know, Pittsburgh has been known as the foodie city. It's been known as the most livable city. But in your opinion, if I said Pittsburgh is the most blank city, what would be the word you would use? And especially, John, to you, you've not been here that long. So what would you call it compared to Boston? Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, oh, one but one word. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. 
surprising. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way possible. Okay. You don't expect, you don't expect, you know, it's things like driving through the Fort Pitt tunnel and seeing that view. You don't expect You're it. The second person to say that. Yeah. You know, so surprising. Okay. There you go. That's a good right. word. Thanks. Alexis. Potholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's Listen. the most pothole city. Oh, great. <laughs> we got the summers. <laughs> two, yeah. two, two podcast episodes ago, we had the gentleman from Astrobot on. And the, I don't know if you know this, but Pittsburgh is going to be driving robots around on the moon in just a little bit here. And it's all going to happen. And we think it's trained because of the potholes here in Pittsburgh. They For just sure. get used to driving around on the moon. So, yeah, For sure. That's yeah. Uh, Alexis and uh, John from Hell's Oasis, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. And you are are definitely signed. We're first of all, we're coming to Mellon Park so I could sit around and hold my beer and just tap my toe quietly. And then you're going to come on our podcast when we are able to get together live, right? And I'm coming to karaoke next Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Come on down, please. Probably need to dress a little nicer the next time on my end. Right. Or let's look at the fact that I was stuck in the rain, so I have all these frizzies now. So thanks to Brad Lambert. Not like for, our frizzy frizzy. Right. <laughs> thanks to Brad Lambert for jumping on because his project of Lead with Kindness and the these things he's doing to help keep people and working on this program. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. And mm-hmm. you probably want to hire him to come to your school, at least virtually at this point. Yeah. Yep. So Pittsburgh are doing well. Come I back like to Pittsburgh, for sure. Yeah. And then Kirsty being in Nashville, I mean, we saw her not too long ago in Nashville, but I would give anything for Songwriter Girl Camp to happen here. But again, maybe that's a virtual, we could look into something like that, right? Sometime soon. And, uh, and let's keep her coming back because we need that woman empowerment. Don't you think, John? No doubt about it. <laughs> and on top of that, you know, she's just a person who, listen, everybody says, I know a guy, I know a lady, this or that. Yeah. She is literally she is, that kind sure. of person. So. And how exciting was it to talk to Hell's Awakening? And how about you're going to sing at Alex's house? Listen, you're going to sing karaoke at his house. He doesn't even know that I am 100% <laughs> for sure doing it. Because, remember, my husband just told you that off my bucket list recently are two things and there's one thing left you remember what it is it's singing no well sort of it's yeah, singing it's in, a, in a broadway play, play in a play well, i yeah. never said broadway okay. he threw that in right but basically i think this karaoke gig could could solidify it there you go yeah all right so thanks again to everybody that listens to the jagoff podcast make sure you listen subscribe wherever you're watching listening to this and of course thanks to our sponsor rory honda Roy Honda's rates are as low as 0.9% on certain vehicles. And if you're the leasing kind, $0 do lease on Fit, Civic, HRV, CRV, Pilot, and Odyssey. And the best part is that you can visit Roark.com to check out the inventory on new, used, and leasing options before you head over to the Bloomfield location. But as always, visit Roark.com for all of your vehicle needs. And now let's hear the song from... Again, Hell's Oasis, no apostrophe.